Hey Buddha Nation, welcome to the Ecom Show, where we invite e-commerce entrepreneurs, marketers, and agencies to talk about e-commerce, the best strategies and tactics, and what to implement in your own e-com store. Before we jump into this episode, I ask you to subscribe to this podcast, and if you like it, make sure you share it with at least one friend. As you probably know, we don't run ads. Our growth is purely organic, so it would mean the world to me if you could support us. And now let's jump into the episode. All right, so let's jump into your email marketing pricing guide. I want to keep this transparent. I try to keep this real and I'm shooting this video not just to email marketing service providers, agencies, freelancers, but also to the other side, to the client side, because I want you guys, e-commerce business owners and any business owners who want to have email marketing uh, in their businesses. So I want you to understand not just what is a solid and good price, but also the different pricing structures and what's the best way to price the value that your email marketer provides to your business. Because there are different pricing structures, as you will see. And I think if we just talk about numbers, that's a kind of not, you know, not smart way to talk about uh, pricing. Because uh, pricing, it's not just about the number that you pay every single month or maybe one time. But also it's about how the value that you get is uh, priced to you. And you will see this later, what I mean by that. So... When I'm talking about these uh, pricing structures and numbers, I will keep in mind mostly the US market and the standards of the US market. I have probably more than 150 US based clients uh, until now and something around 30, 40 clients from Europe and the UK, some from India, Emirates. So I have experience from many other countries, but most of my experience and my agency's experience, it comes from the US. So when it uh, comes to popular pricing structures, then uh, here are the five uh, most um, well-known or mostly used. So the very first one is per hour. And I think this really, this is really close to an employee kind of mindset when somebody Typically freelancers or small agencies, they use an hourly based rate. And uh, if you go to a freelancer platform like Fiverr or uh, Upwork, you can see these hourly uh, rates of different service providers as well. And uh, there are pros and cons here. Why I'm not a huge fan? Because the value that is delivered to you as a business, uh, it's not priced correctly. So usually the hourly rate is based on the experience or the knowledge of the person or maybe where they live. So based on these things, instead of what value you actually get for your business. Um, also, another inconvenient or, or you know, a, a bad surprise it can be if uh, somebody actually needs more hour than it's expected. I think in this in the development world, it's uh, very well known. So that's just a bad surprise that you can get as a client. Number two is per project. So this has the advantage that uh, the service provider gives you a 
quote for the whole project and uh, that is a much less chance for getting a negative surprise because you pay upfront for the project and you know what you get and from that point the risk of uh, you know not not uh, getting into the time frame or the frame of budget that you have it's mostly on the service provider so if uh, if the project uh, needs more resources on this on their end on the service providers end, then uh, usually they don't charge more because it was their initial calculation and they made a bad job if this happened however it can happen that uh, they delay with the uh, deadline which is obviously not good but i think per project is still better than per hour uh, in email marketing i can typically see that uh, automation setups those are sold as a one-time project in my company we don't use this system anymore i find this too rigid and uh, yeah i'm just not a fan of it so i will go to the next one scope based pricing so this is uh, typically uh, based on the number of emails when it comes to email marketing so basically here the company the service provi provider charges based on the number of emails or number of something basically uh, it's based on the scope and I think this is a better approach than the other two above um, I can see most email agencies using this model especially with monthly campaign management they have a monthly uh, service retainer a retainer fee and it's typically based on the scope that they have and just giving you more insight if you are on the client side so this is uh, typically um, calculated based on the margins and the cost of the agency that you work with so they have a go a margin goal that they want to achieve they know the cost of their employees and they add up the two and that's how they come up with the price per email or the price per a certain uh, scope that they have um, i think it has its pros and cons as well but so far this one is probably the best uh, for both parties number four is a revenue share so this can be a tricky one this is very well known in the ad uh, ecosystem in the ad agency ecosystem uh, however it's easier for them to calculate these numbers and why because you spend a certain amount on meta ads or google ads or tiktok ads and you can see the roi generated uh, very clearly on these platforms but when it comes to email marketing it's harder because there is already a certain traffic coming in and a certain revenue generated and using emails you just retarget those people and then we could have a debate and we usually have with potential clients that what kind of revenue should be attributed to email or ads or maybe something else um, we usually use the default attribution of Clavio, which is a five-day open attribution what this means is so if anyone clicks an email and they open an email sent through Klaviyo the email software so they open an email and they buy within five days after they open this email that is attributed to email marketing so we typically use this structure but I know it's possible to change that as well so revenue share 
it can be either a percentage um, which is a more I'm not a fan of this because for people it's usually just harder to think in uh, in percentages it's just harder to grasp the number so we rather use uh, fixed uh, tiers of uh, of you know of, of sums of money that they paid that they paid to us if they hit certain numbers uh, I will show you it a bit later what I mean by this but yeah revenue share is a solid um, structure and I think this is probably the closest to a solid pricing because this really represents the value that is generated for your business but the biggest bottleneck is the attribution that you need to work on and the last one is a hybrid model this is what my agency has so it's not a secret we typically use a scope based pricing a retainer fee per month plus a revenue share model um, and yeah I will show you a few tips uh, close to the end of this presentation how you can come up with your own hybrid model and what you should consider before that so <clears throat> um, we usually we can usually see that three four five people work on email marketing in a solid email marketing agency so people they of course always they say say in different calls especially you know business owners who who never worked with an agency that you charge 5k for this but i could get someone a freelancer for 500 bucks and yes of course you can but the disadvantage there are many and one of them is that there is nobody on earth who is a good strategist a good copywriter a good graphic designer a good tech expert of the email tool that you use and even they QA their own work even if they know these you know all these four it's impossible that they will notice their own mistakes that they make so you need a QA as well as a fifth person so we have these in my team I know some agencies they work with fewer people or maybe even more I'm not a fan of using even more because then things just get too slow so we usually use four or five people for uh, for one uh, single client one single account and this is also a reason why we charge more because we have five solid marketers working on your account and if you think about each person makes let's say two three thousand dollars a month then you know that really adds up and then you can just really calculate that how many accounts they have to work on to decrease your monthly retainer because just let's make the numbers so five people each makes I don't know just two thousand dollars that's ten thousand dollars so if you want to have five person five people working on your email account full-time you should pay us 10k per month plus the agency's margin so probably around fifteen thousand dollars a month to us if you want these five people but they will work on more accounts of course five six accounts then you should pay us around let's say four thousand dollars and then when an agency they charge only one thousand dollars or even less then imagine that these marketers uh, they either don't earn enough money to be solid marketers you know that's one thing or they work on 30 40 accounts that probably you don't want because 
they will spend five minutes on your account per month. So these are the two variables. And again, I just try to be transparent why we charge those amounts that we charge from uh, our clients. Typical US prices. So after this, probably you are not surprised on this. So per hour, I think a solid agency charges at least 100, but rather two, 300 USD per hour. Um, if you are a freelancer, maybe you charge less. If uh, you charge per project and you set up 10, 30, maybe even 40 emails, then 3K at least up to $15,000. We had this project as well, 15K, we set up flows for multiple e-commerce stores. Um, third is scope-based, so this is uh, a bit wild west, I would say. It can start from 250 up to 800 USD per email. It really depends on the agency's experience, how complex the emails are, if they need solid design, we need to in, you know, involve a solid designer, maybe some coding is needed. Nowadays you can create these uh, responsive emails where people they can even send a survey through the email and different things and there we need some coding as well. Number four, revenue lift share. As I said, it can be either a percentage or a tiered one. I'm a bigger fan of the tiered structure that I will show you uh, in a few minutes. And the last one is a hybrid. For example, we use a scope-based monthly pricing plus a revenue lift share using tiers. Hey Budai Nation, welcome to the Ecom Show. I ask you to subscribe to this podcast and if you like it, make sure you share it with at least one friend. As you probably know, we don't run ads. Our growth is purely organic, so it would mean the world to me if you could support us. And now let's jump into the episode. So I just brought you an example of uh, how we use the scope-based retainer model and the performance bonus, the, the revenue share, le revenue lift share kind of thing. So uh, I think the, the scope-based uh, fixed thing is quite obvious on the top. So 3.5K per month for email, 1K uh, USD per month. And uh, below you can see the performance bonus, how we do this. So three important things. One, it's not percentage. I'm not a fan of percentage because for people it's harder to grasp what this really means. I mean, if you say 5% of generated extra revenue, yeah, that's amazing. But uh, they don't really think about this. If they make 500K, we make a, an extra 100K for them. They will pay us, uh, in that case, $5,000 a month. They just don't really think about it. So that's why I like to put down the exact numbers and when they start reading this they will be happy because they will see that okay if these guys make more than 200k for us we will pay them six thousand dollars extra beyond the monthly fee and i'm still happy with this so they will really internalize this uh, way of thinking so yeah we put the exact numbers there as you can see this is in tiers so if we generate an extra 25k up to 50k per month they pay us 750 bucks extra if it's 50,000 to 100k per month then they pay us 1.5k per month as an extra and so on and so forth um, however um, second important thing so there is a floor 
If we are below $25,000 extra generated revenue, they only have to pay the monthly uh, retainer and there is no bonus there. So if we make, I don't know, $1,000 extra revenue, they don't have to pay any extra for that. That would be ridiculous. So that's why we have this minimum as an incentive for us. And the third piece, so this is unfortunate, but this happens that if you start making too much money for a client, they will start thinking that you are just too expensive and they start thinking, taking this whole thing in-house and all of that. So in order to eliminate this, uh, we had to sit down in my team and we started thinking, okay, so what if we don't get a high percentage and we don't get, I don't know, $10,000 an, as an extra per performance bonus, but we are okay with a lower number, which is still a nice number, and we just stick to that. And this is $6,000, uh, what we came up with. So basically, because this happened in the past, so uh, if we make them, uh, I don't know, 300K, they would pay 10K plus the monthly retainer, so almost $15,000 a month. And many of them, they will find it's too expensive. That's the reality. And that's why we came up with this, that if we hit 200K plus as an extra generated revenue, we charge 6K per month plus the retainer, and that's it. We don't charge more. We don't increase this bonus more. Um, yeah, I know it might sound painful, but I'm still happy with 10K per month client. So, and the client is also happy. He knows that we reinvest a big part of this money that he pays us every month. So yeah, everyone is happy. And that's the, you know, plan that we came up with basically. Um, and now, so uh, instead of just giving you or ideas, you know, what you should use or how we do things, I would rather leave you here with a few tips how to choose and how to strategize your own pricing structure. So here are seven things that you should consider. This is not everything, but I think these are the most important things. So uh, first of all, think about the company size of your agency and your team and also the size of your clients and also how many people are involved. So. Uh, story when I started my company and I was alone or maybe two people I worked based on ref share only uh, because I had a huge appetite for risk I was okay to earn zero money or seven thousand dollars if I made enough money for the client I was completely fine with that I didn't really appreciate my time I didn't have different expenses because I didn't have a team so I was completely fine with the ref share only model However, when I started hiring people, we started having different expenses and we started going on the route of scope-based pricing only. Then I realized that it's not the best to really price the value that we can offer to our clients. So it's better to mix the ref share model with a scope-based pricing and that's the hybrid model that we use today. So uh, again, really think about these kind of things. Uh, second is project complexity. So if this is a more complex project, then I think you should rather go with a more fixed pricing. So project-based or scope-based pricing. Uh, maybe you can charge an extra hourly rate if there is an extra work 
required by the client, so it really saves your ass. Uh, and if this is a more simple one, then uh, you can think about ref share or you can think about just code-based pricing. Third, is your client okay with ref share or does prefer a fixed fee? I always ask this as a question in the first call. I want to see what they prefer. And honestly, just very hard to find a pattern about people. I thought about maybe older people, they prefer fixed fees. They are more risk averse. I, I have no clue. Uh, I can maybe say one thing, if you talk to the owners of the business, uh, the founders, the owners, they are more ROI focused. They are usually more okay with ref share than managers because managers, they usually have a, uh, they are more risk averse. They can be fired from the job. Founders, they cannot be fired in most cases. Um, but managers, they work with a budget and also they can be fired. So typically they rather use a fixed fee and not uh, for revenue share. Uh, number four, uncertainty of your project. So really think about how, how certain you are about the scope and the expenses that you have, how much time it will take. Um, so different things can come up like requests from the clients. Maybe it's a new platform you never used before. For example, now we struggle with some MailChimp integrations and that's something that really sucks to be honest. Uh, but fortunately we have good contracts in place. Uh, potential tech issues. So technology is probably the biggest variable and the second is the client. It can be tricky sometimes. So really think about the uncertain things and uh, yeah, try to come up with a contract that can save your ass, especially if there is a lot of uncertainty. Number five, your risk appetite. I shared the story at uh, the first point, so I hope you understand it now. Uh, number six, your ability to sell complex offers. So yeah, that one is more about uh, salesmanship, but I think uh, it's, uh, it's easy to sell an hourly rate type of contract or even a project-based uh, contract. But when it comes to these ref share tiers, it's a bit more complex and you have to really filter your prospects, see their, you know, how they think and what they are okay with. Um, and yeah, this, this tier system I showed you on the slide before, this is uh, harder to sell than a percentage-based uh, ref share deal, for example. Uh, so it's more about salesmanship, but I think if you are a good salesperson, you, you can sell this. Number seven, month-to-month -month changes of the scope. Um, yeah, especially the special requests of the client. So if there are big changes all the time, you know, sometimes your um, scope doubles during Black Friday, in January it's half of it, then uh, maybe you should go to a ref share or scope-based pricing and not uh, based on, uh, you know, a fixed monthly price or, or retainer. So yeah, just really think about this because if you have a fixed monthly price and the scope really changes, it can really hurt your margins. So yeah, just think about it. And uh, final question. So this is more uh, on the client side. Uh, you might be asking now how much I should spend on email marketing every month. So um, 
below 1 million USD annual revenue, I think 6 to 8% of your revenue should be spent on email marketing. If you work with a good agency, it's hard to spend less than that. If you are between 1 to 5 mil a year, it's around 2 to 4% of your total revenue. Um, and if you are above $5 million in revenue, it can be 1% or less per year. So if you make $5 million a year in revenue, you should spend around $50,000 or maybe even less on email marketing and uh, you will see a uh, good ROI on the, that type of service. So I hope this was helpful. And uh, yeah, if you want to talk to me, and to our team and you want us to review your email marketing, loyalty program, even Google Ads now, that's our new service, then uh, click the link in the description and let's book a call and let's see if we can help you.